Well, hello and welcome back again, hockey fans, to the Bees Radio Network podcast number 16. Unbelievable, we've made up that many. And joining me as ever here in support of all of our great Patreon followers is Mark Denham. Mark, how are we? Ho, ho, ho. I've been practicing again. Hello, Graham. How are you? You've been working very hard on that, I have to say. And that wasn't even done in post. That was actually live. No, you see, there is a there is a career for you still. I mean, you've dropped a lot of weight weight recently. But the beard's still the right colour, though, isn't it? Now the, exactly, exactly. Yes. And we can get uh, and you can wear a hat, so we don't have to worry about what's on top. It's it's fine. So uh, all good on that front. Um, apologies, ladies and gentlemen, from my end as well, because if I sound like I'm uh, slightly struggling to speak today, I've got a massive spot on my tongue, and I've bitten it about. Five times in the last Ouch. two minutes, so uh, in a bit of pain today, but uh, not as painful as it was last night at the Hive. It's almost like I write my links, but that one I really didn't, um, because it was a defeat last night in overtime for the TSI World Bracknell Bees what, in what was a quite promising three-point weekend for the side following that 6-2 victory on the road in Peterborough. Let's start with the positives, obviously, and that performance once again on the road. Back-to-back, big road performances for this side. We're turning over Basingstoke last weekend and then this weekend that's just passed, taking on the Peterborough Phantoms. And for those of us who watched it on the screen, on the stream, sorry, with the mute button on so we didn't have to listen to the co-commentator, uh, it was a... It was a <laughs> by virtual it was a, royal appointment, that is. By virtual royal appointment from from the high the high platform that they have there in, uh, in uh, Breton. Um, sorry, Steve, I'm, I'm only jesting. Um, but it was... A good performance from the side. Um, it was a performance where they were going to get tested by a Peterborough team. We know what the Phantoms can do at home. We know the type of performances they can turn in. But the Bees had the answers across the ice from Adam Goss through to the D-man with Harvey Stead, Eddie Nags and Stuart Mogg and the Bear Brothers putting in a strong performance right through to that top line. Josh Ely Newman lighting up the score charts alongside uh, Dominic Goodbye and alongside Zach Milton as well and everybody else contributing across the ice that really made it that strong team performance that we really have seen over the past, well, what's coming on for like three weeks to a month now? Yeah. Do you know what? There has been a uh, a real turnaround in the last few weeks. And I think, you know, Doug has to take the credit for that, bringing in Josh Ely Newman, bringing in Dominic Goodbye. Um, not many changes, uh, but we'll come to another one shortly. Not many changes made. But the changes he's made have provided a real spark in the lineup. We can't forget the return of the third import as well, James Galazzi, who's also sparked that lineup. And there have been some fantastic performances. The the win against Hull on home ice, the win in Basingstoke, the win in Peterborough. And when you add all those together, it just makes last night that little bit more frustrating because it was there in the bag, wasn't it? Closing out for that four-point weekend, the first one of the season was there in the bag. And it's just that little bit more frustrating because it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, we're going to brush past Saturday's game and really get into the nitty-gritty of Sunday because Sheffield Steel Dogs came to town short on bodies. No Nathan Salem, no Kieran Brown in the end. A couple of players missing in there. And they rotated the tight squad and, and the lineup. Isn't much to write home about for the Steel Dogs. They do have some outstanding talent with the likes of Alex Graham and uh, also give credit to Greg Wood, who really turned back the clock. But they were really there for the taking in the game. And 
The Bees struggled, I think, in the opening 40 minutes. Uh, you called it perfectly, I think, in the second period, where you can say that the Steel Dogs took the second period on points, but the Bees took it on the score chart by making it 1-0. And then going into that third, rattled off those two quick goals, set their ascendancy in the game. And then it just began to melt away, just some of the basics that have been sort of there throughout that early period in the third and at the end of the second when they really found their gears, just seemed to erode away. And in the end, it's it's individual errors and individual mistakes that other teams will not take advantage of. The Steel Dogs took advantage of to force the game to overtime and then an overtime coming up with, well, what can happen when it's that little bit of craziness in a four-on-four overtime situation? It's still a three-point weekend, we, we, and this is this is incredible. I think we're talking about it like it's an absolute horrible weekend. We've dropped points across the board. It's a three-point weekend. Is The league table suggests we should be absolutely delighted with a three-point weekend, but I think the standards that are there for this team and the standards that are being set by those involved with the club we're almost disappointed with a three-point weekend, which is kind of ludicrous to say. Well, yeah. I mean, like, let's not forget a month ago, we would have given anything, wouldn't we, for a three-point weekend. When we were struggling, we would have given anything to get those three points and we'd have been happy. But it's just the culmination, isn't it, of the good road win in Basingstoke. Tough place to go. And we know that we struggled against Basingstoke. Over the last couple of years, we have struggled against them. We turned it around and we came away with a good, convincing win. We went to Peterborough, where we know most of last year we struggled against the Phantoms. Okay, there was that big 8-2 win uh, early in 2019 on home ice. But other than that, we have struggled historically against the Phantoms. We turned that around and we left with a big win. Let's make no mistake, to inflict that kind of defeat on Peterborough in their own barn is a great achievement for Doug and all of the team. And that's why I just think, you know, yeah, it's great. We've got three points. But as I said last night on the stream, when it got to overtime, I felt a B's win was, you know, or a B's loss rather would have been a point lost. Whereas a Steel Dogs win, I think, was a point gained. And that's just on the balance of the game. I think, you know, the B's should have had that one. I genuinely believe they should have had that one. And I think that. We dropped a point and Sheffield gained a point in that result last night. Yeah, I don't think there's much I can debate and argue that point on because that's kind of the takeaway I think everybody's had from the game. And look, we I'm not going to sit here and go into individuals because like th- those players who make those individual errors at that moment um, know how no they're going to be the ones who feel it most. They and that's quite and and that's a good thing in sport. No one hides in this team. I don't think everybody now accepts when they make a mistake and everybody accepts and, and steps up and owns that mistake. It's the most important thing you can do. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and dwell too much on those individual errors because I do think there's a little bit of just in that moment at the end, as you say, there were still chances for the bees at the end to just, to just grab us by the scruff of the neck. By all means, that was that power play goal. What was interesting for me was that the Steel Dogs in the third stepped up their intensity and stepped up their physicality. And sure, it would have been interesting with different officials to see how they called that, because I think there were a few opportunities to go, right, that's actually a late hit. That's actually a little, in in, in the modern interpretation this is here, that's a late hit. That's a roughing call. It might have stopped some of it, but the Steel Dogs took full advantage because they just got chippy. They just really ground into the Bees team and threw a couple of big hits 
And they, there was a couple of ones which are borderline questionable. There's obviously this incident with Goodbye where he went down that caused all the fans a consternation that uh, I'm not 100% sure which way it is. Is it a spear? Is it a slash? Is it just an errant stick that's been left there that's just caught um, Dominic in a, a unfortunate position? I think is the best way of describing it cleanly as I can on, a, on, on air. But it's one of those things where that just sort of seemed to niggle a little bit. And the bees didn't re-step up that intensity, which we've seen in other weeks this season. And certainly when we went into Basingstoke just the week before, and even a little bit in Peterborough the night before, we had that little bit of intensity to come back. When someone stepped up on us, we just can raise up that intensity a little bit more. And last night, that wasn't there, I don't think. I think there was a little bit of, were we shell-shocked by the fact that we had gone 4-2 up, and the Steel Dogs, we hadn't quite put them to bed. And when they stepped up, were we a little bit shell-shocked? And were we a little bit like, oh, you know what? We might lose this one. And we've, I've not seen that this season in this team, which has been, compared to last season, an absolute revelation. And I think this is one of the few times this year I'm sat there looking at a game going, oh, we've given it up that lead. We've given it up there. Where last season, there were too many times walking out of that rink, I was thinking, that was a game we should have won. Yeah, Um. One thing I will say is that Doug has put together a a quite young team. Now, you've got the experience of Galazzi in there. You've got the experience of Roman Malenik in there as well. Um, but you've got basically quite a young team. And you've got a young team who are learning each other. And also, they're learning how to win because there is a way to win. You know, like if you play any form of sport, uh, where there is a, a score involved um, and you have to get to a result, there is a way to win and you get yourself into a winning position and then it's mentality, isn't it? Closing it out from there. And I'm not saying that you go 4-2 up. Now, Peterborough are very good at this. They get up in a game and they will close it out. They'll trap you in the neutral zone and you struggle to get through that trap. I'm not saying that we do that by any stretch of the imagination. But just that winning mentality, you have to think, right, okay, we're up 4-2. We've got, what is it, 11, 10 minutes left on the clock or whatever it was. It was about six, wasn't it, to be fair? It was about six minutes left on the clock and we were 4-2 yeah. up. And you then think, right, okay, when the chances come, go for them. Just don't give away the chances. I mean, the last thing you want to do when you're 4-3 ahead by that time is to give away a breakaway when all of your players are up high and one of theirs is hanging back, ready to go on the breakaway, you know you're never going to stand a chance of catching him, so he should never, ever have been fed the puck. It's just that winning mentality, isn't it, to know, right, okay, this is ours, as long as we don't do anything stupid. I'm not saying we sit there, we park the bus, and we trap in the neutral zone. No, because that's when you are at risk, I think, of actually losing a game, because you're not intending on being positive, you're being negative, and that's when you're at chance of getting caught. But what you say is, we're 4-2 up, we've got six minutes to go. If we do nothing stupid, chances are this is ours in six minutes' time. Yep, exactly. And I think that if you can narrow the game down to that point, I'm sure that's what the guys will be working on this week with Doug. They'll be working on just that, thinking correctly under pressure, doing the right thing at the right moment, making sure they're making the right play at the right moment, and making sure they're making the safe play as well rather than maybe throwing a pass up in the middle, rather than maybe trying to turn themselves out of danger, just sitting there and going, you know what, let's do the simple thing, because that's all it sometimes takes. You sometimes don't have to be the best team to win a hockey game. 
You have to be the team that does the right thing at the right time the most. And I think that will be the learning point. But as I say, it's a three-point weekend. Lots to be positive with, lots to be building upon. I think everybody agrees at the moment the performance from the players has been tremendous since there have been those difficult weeks earlier on in the season. Um, I do I do just want to say one thing that I think is, um, is quite noticeable um, is that I notice massively the lack of atmosphere sometimes for the players in support of the players um, because you can make all the difference in those games. Being that seventh man, we don't have to tell you what rinks in this league have quite impressive atmospheres. You go to Milton Keynes and when it's rolling in Milton Keynes, the crowd can make some of the biggest difference in the game. Even down the M3 in Basingstoke, you might not like how the atmosphere is developed, but the atmosphere is there for the bison whenever it gets rolling. And I think that, that there was a little bit of a moment of that last night where when that goal went in for the Steel Dogs and it got to a 4-3, you could hear a pin drop in the hive. And at that moment, you just felt a change in the atmosphere. And it, I do think it is sometimes on the fan base, and I'm not appreciate. I'm not telling you all to be happy clappers. I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm telling you, there is a moment where the crowd can step in and just rally the guys a little bit. Yeah, we've suffered a blow, but we're still behind you. We're still in the lead by four goals to three. Just dig in and turn this game around. It comes across everywhere. It comes from the guys starting the chance. It comes from what comes across from the from the DJ booth. But it also comes across from fans just, you know, at that moment, yeah, sure, goal's gone in. It sucks. But get behind those guys, support them, because it can be that seventh man on the ice that then all of a sudden makes the players click out and go, right, We've got the fans behind us still. Let's dig in. Rather than sometimes the absolute apathy of silence you hear in that rink that I do think has a detrimental effect. There is home advantage and it does play an effect. Now, home advantage can be many things. Obviously, playing at home, you kind of get to know your own rink, don't you? The nooks, the crannies, the bounces and things like that. And you get to know stuff like that. But also home advantage. You want to build a fortress, don't you? You want to build a fortress. So I'm not saying, you know, you want away fans to feel intimidated when they come in because you don't. It's a family sport and everyone is welcome. Young, old, home, away. Everyone is welcome at the hive. But what you want is you want an atmosphere that's spurring your team on. Even when a goal goes in, and this is one thing that happens magnificently in Basingstoke, is if a goal is scored, the fans will become even louder in support of their team. And I think that that is, uh, I think that's absolutely great. And as you say, um, you know, there's a lot of work gone into building that atmosphere in Basingstoke. And it does spur people on. I think it's the same with a lot of sports though, isn't it? You know, you'll hear post-match interviews in football. The fans were fantastic. Ben Stokes in the summer, the Headingley Test, you know, it was great having all of our supporters behind us willing us on in that record run chase. I think the fans do have a, a huge part to play. And yeah, they're never going to score a goal. They're never going to score an assist and they're never going to make a save, but they're going to spur people on to score goals, to do those passes that create assists yeah. and things like that. And I think there is a big part to play. And yeah, yesterday, certainly when I think the third goal went in, there was a hush. And when the equalising goal went in, there was a silence. Yeah, and it's funny because it's one of the things we talk about when we go into Basingstoke. What's the one big thing you want to do when you play away in Basingstoke? You want to take the crowd out of the game as early as you can. 
Three goals in 11 minutes the other week in Hampshire did exactly that. It silenced the Basingstoke Arena. And that is what you sometimes need to do because it takes away, as you rightly say there, that home advantage. And also, you could see it the other way. When, when the Bison got on a roll against us and got those three goals in the, third, in the second period, the crowd built, the crescendo built and built and built. And that's what we need to get to here in Bracknell. And I appreciate there are some fans who have been around for the last 31 years here in, in Bracknell. And look, you, you've had your time cheering and clapping. You can't lead from the front like you used to. I understand that. And I respect you. And I thank you for all your efforts previously. But there are younger fans who I think can do a great deal of good to just support the guys. It doesn't need you to be shouting for the full 60 minutes. That's not what I'm saying. But you sometimes just need to pick a moment. You realize that this is even a moment where the guys need a pickup or it's a moment where the guys are on a high and you want to drive them even further. As I say, it's not about making noise for 60 minutes and it's not about creating a wall of sound or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is pick your moments to really support your team. Pick your moments to give them the lift that they need. And as I say, it comes across the board. It comes from the DJ box. It comes from the fan base as well. And that is what I think is one of the big things that could make a difference as the season rolls on, is if the fans continue to show the support that they're beginning to do so vocally on social media and begin to show that in the rink on a match night as well, especially at those really... I'm, I'm not when we're five one up in games and you're cheering a goal, brilliant. But when it's four three and it's really tight and we just need the fans behind them, get behind your team, cheer, roar, do whatever's make noise. Yeah, I mean, I remember I did cover a game last year in Basingstoke, and it was a game for the Bison against the Raiders, and it was a game they'd expected to win, and there was a kind of an apathy leading into the game, and the Raiders came out, and I think it was. 5-1 after the, the final 20. And I thought, right, as the DJ now, it is my job to build this atmosphere. It's my job to get the fans into this behind their players. And I worked my absolute socks off to get that atmosphere back to where it needed to be because I could just feel, going to go and get a drink at the end of the second period, I could just feel that there was a real apathy around the building. And I'm guessing players would have picked up on that too. And I thought, right, get back up there, get the tunes going, get the fans into this. And the Bison came back and they won that game. And I don't know, because I've not spoken to any of the players about it, I don't know how much having the fans really roaring them on came into it. But, you know, I think anyone, anyone that plays a sport loves to have support. And, you know knowing that you've got another however many people at the hive behind you just gives you that little bit of extra motivation. You know, like when you're coming to the end of a shift and we saw it a couple of times last night, didn't we? James Galazzi got caught out where he was on the far side, the lines changed and he couldn't get back to change and he got caught out a couple of times. You imagine being James Galazzi out there and you've got the hive roaring him on. And he's thinking, all right, yeah, do you know what? I can give another 30 seconds. The fans are right behind me. I'm there. I can give another 30 seconds. It keeps the adrenaline up, doesn't it? When you're physically tired, you're being fueled on by the roar of the supporters and the adrenaline that gives you. And it's not just in those situations, like where you'll say on a long shift, it's where you've just conceded a goal and it's 4-4. That's when it's vital that you are there, heard right behind the team. 
so they have something to feed from and put in that just that little extra one percentage that the the atmosphere around the rink gives them now as you say there are a lot of very very passionate fans in Bracknell you can see that on the social media feeds um obviously there have been a lot of comments of recent on the social media feeds and yeah that's great it's great to know that you're there it's great to know that you're passionate and it's great to know that it means so much to you but where it would really 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 be of benefit is if you come off the keyboard, get to the hive and get your voices heard. That's where it's going to be of most benefit to get your voices heard. Clap, cheer, sing, do whatever, get your voices heard, get right behind the team, be that extra man. And then maybe this weekend, because we start on Saturday on home ice this weekend, maybe this weekend we can send the boys off on Sunday with the hope of completing a four-point weekend in Sheffield. Indeed, and you talk about long shifts there, Mark, and sometimes you need a bit of a pick-up. This is obviously episode 16 for us, a long shift. And what? And I, I've talked about the fact that sometimes from the DJ box, you need a little bit of music to sort of lift you up and get, get your spirits going. You I'm wondering mean like if, um, Sweet Caroline? Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, this has been a long-running thing on the Bees Radio Network, ladies and gentlemen, but... Uh, uh, Sweet Caroline is a wonderful song by Neil Diamond. I think we can all agree. An absolutely wonderful tune that everybody really enjoys. Uh, apart from when it's played at a sporting event, where it has become the most overused piece of music in a sporting event ever. Um, and it does have a time and it does have a place, mainly when Neil Diamond sings it. But I feel uh, it doesn't have a time and a place when it's being played uh, mainly at the cricket in the 19th, in the 39th over of the day, at a T20 match or with five overs to go. and. I'm heading off to the darts in uh, two weeks' time, and I can pretty much guarantee already that will get at least three or four airings during the night or during the afternoon even when I go there. Um, but Mark is, is a big Sweet Caroline fan, I understand. I'm not necessarily a big Sweet Caroline oh, fan. I'm just He's backtracking now. It annoys you so much when it comes on. It's just, you know, I do have a little chuckle to myself when it comes on. I'll be thinking, Graham's blood is boiling inside right now. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, there are better options. There are underrated tracks I that aren't used. I did look after you, though, didn't I, last night? I did message down to Scott and you say did? to him, have you got Come On Eileen for Graham? And sure enough, at the end of the game, there it was for you. So I did look after you, didn't I? Yeah, and did. But it came at the end of the game. I felt during the period they needed a bit of, you know, dungarees, Dexy Midnight Runners, 2 ra 2 ra 2 RLA, and, you know, they would have would have turned that into a victory. It was all down to Come On Eileen. I say, and we banned Sweet Caroline. If we and- can get you... Uh, you know, like if we got enough patrons that we could get you a headset with a uh, headphones and a microphone on it, do you reckon you'd also have pom poms? And then I'll ask Scott to play Come On Eileen a lot more for you. Oh, I'd be more than happy if we got enough patrons for us to have to buy a headset, uh, which is a name for us here with all your great cash that you do deliver to us on the Patreon to help with our running costs on the Bees Radio Network. Once we get enough money, and we do really do appreciate all your support in doing so. But yes, I'll happily. Have a pair of black, white, and gold pom poms to uh, dance along to "Come On Eileen" when it comes on. More, more than happy with other songs as well. Tell me, Ma, I reckon is a very underrated crowd getting up and going track because uh, obviously the king of warm-up music was uh, Mark Denham and Slough, where for all his years DJing, he played a very specific set list that Indeed. warms the heart of everyone. And like, there are. 
you've gone and done testimonials for other players and they have requested these songs. You always hear from time to time other guys going, oh, can you just put on that track, you know, by that bloke that no one knows pretty much. No one knows who sung the song, but everybody knows the song. Yeah. Um, do you know, I remember when Chris Crombie signed in Slough. Uh, he, he came and he found me out at a training session. He said to me, you're not thinking of changing the warm-up music this year, are you? I said, no, I wasn't. He said, that's good. He said, because that's one of the reasons I've signed here, because I get to hear it every week now. <laughs> but no, I mean, that, that was great fun, you know. Like, there was, as you say, there was a set playlist. There were five songs that played same order every week, and everyone knew it. Like, as people walked in, I think it was kind of like, you know, as people walk in, everyone knows it's Hockey Night, it's that song. And you get that, don't you, with some songs, you know, like you, if you watch a TV show and you hear the theme music while you're in the kitchen making a cup of tea, you'll rush back and you'll think, right, my show's on. And I think that's what it was with that. You know, it was, I, I'm a big fan of John Cougar Mellencamp anyway, but I think that the fact that we had those five songs in that order every week, people knew as they came in, it's hockey night. They switched on and they were ready. And so too did the players. You know, like, as you say, I've been asked yeah. to do testimonial games for players that have never played for Slough. And one of them, I was requested, could we have the Slough Jets warm-up music as part of the, uh, the the game night experience at my testimonial? So it was quite legendary around the uh, around the country. It's either that or it was a form of Stockholm Syndrome. I can't quite work out which one it is <laughs> with the music. It's, it's that sort of thing. And also, the man who says that uh, you say that you played the same intro music every week. I changed up the intro music on the feed this week. And you were not a happy man because no, it no, was. No, 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 but when we did have this Christmas music on Sunday, because my headphones, we have two sets of headphones. Graham monitors what actually goes out on the uh, on the Bees Radio Network. And I monitor just the two of us. So obviously we can feed off of each other as we're doing the commentary. So Graham like just nods to me as we're going live. Did you like that Christmas intro? And I'm thinking, well, I didn't actually hear it. But Don't I spoil did. the illusion. Don't I spoil say, the illusion. <laughs> oh, 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 didn't I, you see? So I'm there. I'm festive. Like yesterday, uh, obviously we're recording this on a Monday, so I'm talking about Sunday here. Me and my four-year-old put up our Christmas tree yesterday because it's December. I know some people have had them up for weeks already, but no, we put ours up yesterday. I'm all for Christmas music now on the, uh, the stream, uh, obviously up until Christmas, and then we'll get rid of it. Exactly. Because, we won't, we like, won't we have don't to stay need our to prolong Christmas until like the middle of January, do we? No, indeed. We don't have to do that at all. Anyway, I was just Speaking of Christmas, by the oh, way, hello. speaking of Christmas, before hello. we move on to our, our next topic, reveal, just Santa? to remind you, uh, no, just to remind <laughs> you that this Saturday, our next home game against the Raiders is our Teddy Bears Toss. Fantastic yes. charity this year, Daisies, that we are supporting. So um, there is a video going around the internet at the moment, over 45 thousand teddies were lobbed on the ice at yeah, the one Hershey game bears. last yeah, weekend. Yeah, the Hershey Bears. Yeah, 45,000 teddies. I don't think, if I'm honest, we're going to get 45,000 teddies because I have worked it out and it's 56 and a quarter teddies per person. 
And I'm not suggesting that anybody should mutilate teddies into quarters. So that's a definite no. So if we are going to aim for 45,000, could you make it 57 teddies rather than a quarter each? But yeah, in all seriousness, though, uh, it is our Christmas teddy bear appeal. All these teddies will be um, taken away at the end of the game and they will be donated to daisies as well to uh, help make Christmas good for those who may not otherwise have anything. So if you are coming to the game on Saturday, be you from uh, Bracknell or from uh, the Raiders, please, 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 if you can, bring a teddy, get ready to lob it out onto the ice on uh, Saturday night. And then you can enjoy five foot two Fiona picking up this year's seven foot bear and carrying it off again. I wonder if we're trying to get a bigger one this year. That's what I want to. I wonder if we're going to get a bigger. But no, uh, Daisy Dream have always been an amazing uh, charity and um, an amazing local charity as well to Berkshire as well. Uh, supporting children and their family who've been affected by life threatening illnesses or bereavement of someone close to them. And, and they've been around for years. They've done amazing work over the years. And I couldn't be happier that we're welcoming in a fantastic charity once again. For the teddy bear toss, so make sure you bring your bears along and all those quarters of a bear as well. Make sure they're all there. Do just... not mutilate the bears. <laughs> You're a monster. Is all that's going through in my head at the moment as I think about that quarter of a <laughs> quarter of a bear just being collected up into pieces. But no, yeah, no. Uh, bring whole bears, please. Bring whole bears, and if you can manage fifty-seven, that'd be much appreciated. Good luck carrying them all in though and throwing them. I mean, I that's the only say. thing, isn't it? If you're going to bring fifty-seven bears. How many trips to the car are you going to have to do to get in and out? And then how are you going to throw them all? It's fine. We've got wheelbarrows. We'll help you. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. And obviously, uh, the teddy bear toss won't be the only things heading onto the Bratnell Ice Rink for the first time this weekend. Ha ha ha. See, I write these links. They're brilliant. Because um, there is a new signing who has joined the bees, which I'm absolutely delighted to be welcoming in. Uh, a guy called uh, Kelly Robertson, who you would have seen icing earlier in the season for the Milton Keynes Lightning before being, and I'm going to say it, disgracefully released by the Lightning. Uh, and if you only have to look at the reaction of the Lightning fans to being told that uh, Kelly was getting dropped from the door because he is an outstanding young prospect of a talent. I'm in the Elite League last year with five good points across the SNL and, 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 and such like as well. A really grounded kid. His dad comes from the sport as well. His brother is currently playing for the Murrayfield Racers. It's a very good hockey family and I cannot wait to see him there's a lot of excitement because I can remember him from his time in Milton Keynes he made great contributions on the ice for a young player and this is what you got to remember he's only 19 years of age and yet he plays a game that's much more mature than you imagine you imagine he's more like a 22 23 year old that just shows how well he's developed and I'm really looking forward to seeing where Doug Shepard puts him on his the lines because he's got options he could drop him in with Roman Manalik's line right now and see him team, team up with Roman and maybe that's an option or, or does he put it with with Dominic Goodbye and what seems to be a very good partnership going on between Milton and Goodbye and does that then free Josh Ely Newman potentially to move up onto the Roman Malinick line and does that then allow Will Stead and, and Josh Smith to sort of find their feet? It's a very interesting prospect what Kaylee's going to do to this team. I can't wait to see how it plays out because... To some, it might just seem like we've signed another kid. But to me, you're picking up a 19-year-old prospect who's going to make an immediate impact on this Bees roster. I am very excited by this for two reasons. Number one, you look at Zach Milton. Came in as a promising talent last year and doing very, very well now. Uh, you've got uh, Josh Ely Newman. Came in, played one game earlier this year 
and then signed up full-time as well. Another very promising young talent. And he is having a great time with the Bees now as well. And here you've got this new player about to come and make his debut this weekend. He himself is an exciting talent. I mean, he's played under 18s. He's got under 20s for for GB as well. I'm, I'm, obviously, he's played under 18s as part of his development. I mean, internationally, he's played for GB under 18s. He is uh, a great talent. And we've seen that Doug Shepard has a habit of identifying these players, Zach Milton, Ely Newman, Will Stead, to name but a few, you know, and to bring in this guy who a lot of MK fans still to this day, I mean, they're angry. MK fans are angry that we've signed him because they're thinking he should never, ever have been released. And he probably shouldn't. Let's make no beef about that. He probably shouldn't have been released from Milton Keynes. but. I'm not going to quibble that now because the good news is he has been and he's coming to join us. And for the rest of the season, he will wear the black, white and gold of the bees. And this is very exciting because it gives Doug a whole new option to play with. You know, he's got combinations now that he can play with. Uh, there are obviously, you know, like players that are gelling well together. But imagine, say, Zach Milton gets injured and misses a yeah, game. Precisely, yeah. Can you now slot in? Callie in his place, you know, because you've got Dominic Gabay, who we're seeing now. He's having a fantastic start to his time with the Bees. If you can put Callie with him, he's going to put up points. The two of them together will put up points. That's that's a given, you know. And then you've got the Sheriff, probably the hardest working player in the league. Anybody you put with the Sheriff has an opportunity to put up points as well. So I am very excited to see him make his debut this weekend. And obviously, Dominic made his debut a couple of weekends ago on the Basingstoke ice. Callie will get to do that on home ice this Saturday as well. So there's another reason to come with your teddy, none mutilated, on Saturday. <laughs> and you will get to see uh, Callie Robertson make his debut for the TSI World Bracknell Bees this weekend. Very much looking forward to that. Yeah, indeed. Um, it's another exciting prospect. It's another position about the good way we're going in. And hey, Doug Shepard has a habit of signing players from Milton Keynes to them being pretty good pickups. Hello, Rene well, Garlin, yes. while you're there. Yes. Uh, Hello, Pete Russell. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's a little bit of a famous one, that one. But uh, one of the greatest signings of all time was uh, Yarolin joining the Bison and being one of the big reasons why they went on and won that EPL that season. And yeah, bit of a let go from Milton Keynes, that one. Bit of a let go. Um. But yeah, the Raiders coming into town this weekend. Um, obviously, no points for them this weekend, but two very competitive matches, uh, losing to the Bison and then losing to the Phantoms on home ice. And look, we know this Raiders team have got immensely talented. It's, Aaron Connolly looks back to his top form and is putting up goals left, right and centre. And you know with Aaron, they're not going to be particularly the most spectacular goal, but they're going to be one of the most hardest work goals in the league. And he's really making his impact felt. The likes of Novak also in there as well. Eric Piatak beginning to find his feet too as well when the likes of Dan Scott. And if Michael Gray stands on his head defensively in the net, which is what seems to be par for the course for every netminder coming to the hive at the moment, um, it's it, it could be a really good game against the Raiders on Saturday. And that leads into Sunday and an instant chance of revenge against the Steel Dogs team. It's a similar big ice pad surface. It's going to suit It's going to suit our style of play. I'm really looking forward to seeing this weekend because it was two points the weekend before. It was three points this weekend. There's a good chance it might be four points this one coming up. Well, using Graham maths, what are we going to do next weekend? Where's the bonus one coming from? 
the, no. The bonus it one all... comes because uh, I get Dave from the schools program to do a little bit of counting for us. Uh, well, yeah, if we do, I mean, we must congratulate Dominic Goodbye on being the first person in history to score a two-goal hat-trick. <laughs> we must congratulate him uh, on that. Or do we congratulate Dave on awarding him a two-goal hat-trick? But no, this, I mean, this is a good weekend now for that Steve Mary and uh, Dave now, well, who will I'll, not be happy with us. And this is really bad timing because the Christmas cards are being written right now. And we're just yeah. quiet and we're getting Out. them crossed off left, right yeah. and centre. Yeah, you can just imagine Christmas card this everywhere now. Graham. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Done. Um, like, but no, where's the sound effects studio come from? Is that oh, where that, the Patreon that, money's going to now, is it? That was live as well. I don't even have a soundboard here. Do you know what? I do have a soundboard, but it's not loaded with anything. Uh, so I could that have used incredible. that. That, that was, was absolutely spot on. Yeah, that was. But going back on topic now, th- I mean, this is a, a, a good opportunity out here for the bees. Uh, let's not forget that the Raiders came to the Hive a few weeks back, part of that spell that we don't really want to go back to. But the Raiders left with the points on that night. So it's a chance to bounce back against two teams that perhaps we should have taken the first time around. Obviously, the Raiders will be here on Saturday, uh, and they do have talent in their roster. They are not going to be a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. But the way the Bees are playing, and with Callie on debut as well, I think we have a great chance on Saturday of starting the weekend off well. And as you say, a chance for immediate revenge to overturn that result from Sunday with a win on the Steel Dogs ice seven days later, would be sweet, wouldn't it? And if both of those happen, we've done it. Two, three, four, done. You see, it sounds so simple, boys and girls. Face-off time on Saturday is, of course, 6.15. It is a teddy bear toss at the John Knight Leisure Sport Complex as well. So bring along your 57 teddy bears if we're to beat the Hershey Bear record. And on Sunday, it's a nice early face-off, 4.30 in Sheffield. And I appreciate it's a school night, but you never know. It's a nice little trip up to Sheffield. There's a good all-you-can-eat Chinese around the corner from there as well, which is always worth stopping in on the way home, especially the game of trying to fill your tub up as much as possible with the lid pressed on as you walk out the door so it looks like that they don't have to overcharge you. Um, Definitely not going to tell you which former hockey player who may have been Welsh and played for the Cardiff Devils, uh, Sheffield Steelers, Bracknell Bees, Basingstoke Bison, Guildford Flames... Uh, Cardiff Fire, Milton Keynes Lightning, Slough Jets. I'm probably missing one in there as well. Uh, That was definitely not a trick he taught me. So uh, no names being mentioned, but I'm sure you can't work it out from all those clues I gave you. Oh, and he's a firefighter. Um, So lots to look forward to. I didn't know that we'd introduced a cookery section to the podcast (laughs) as well this week. We were saying earlier, weren't we, that we're not quite sure how we're going to fill this week's podcast. I didn't expect you to come up with the restaurant recommendations section well i can i can also give you a very nice uh, tipple recommendation at the moment graham's really. good gourmet section well we're going to continue this very politely because there's a lovely little brewery uh, for, for those over the age of 18 please do drink responsibly uh, called siren craft uh, brew which has got a lovely range of christmas beers out at the moment so if any of you want to head over to siren craft please do mention the bratnell bees they'll probably wonder what you're talking about but they have they've got a lovely uh, lovely set of uh, Caribbean Sadly, probably won't get you a discount by mentioning the Bracknell Bees, but do mention them anyway. You never know. We might walk in there one day and try and get a sponsorship deal. Uh, but they, yeah. it's got a Caribbean Christmas cake is their collection there. They've got a white chocolate and cranberry one that's a particularly good tipple at the moment. So uh, do go in there. Little word of warning, it's 7.4%, so do take it a little bit light. Um, anyway, more importantly, rather than Graham's gourmet section, how can fans keep up to all the latest going on at the Bracknell Bees? 
as always, if you'd like to visit the website, you're welcome. It's open 24 hours a day at bracknellbees.com. You can sign up on social media as well. If you're already on social media, it's quite simple. Just go on Facebook, search for Bracknell Bees, and give us a like if you're on Twitter. Uh, you can give us a like at Bees Ice Hockey. If you're on Instagram, you can give us a follow. We are the Bracknell Bees. And of course, if you are looking for tickets for the weekend, away fans this weekend are asked to book for Block 4 because Saturday is a school zone game. So the school zone will be proudly in residence in Block 2. So away fans are in Block 4 this weekend. If you would like to book your tickets, then it's 01344. 789 That's 01344 The ticket hotline to get yours for this weekend. And don't forget your 57 teddies. Don't forget those. They fi- won't need 57 extra seats, though. No, no. Don't buy 57 extra tickets. Just bring I'm 57 just thinking, extra bears. Yes, go on. There is a certain rink not too far from us in Surrey where every week is always a sellout. Of course it Dep- is. doesn't matter how many people go. It's always announced as a sellout, isn't it? I was just thinking... Imagine if everybody took 57 teddy bears, they'd probably have to close the doors, wouldn't they? Like 200 people in, because it'd be a sellout. It'd be a sellout of bears, as far as the eye could see. You you know that would be the case on that one. Also, most importantly, Mark, how can fans keep up to date? If they can't make it to the game, say the 57 teddy bears come down with horrific illness and they can't make it to the game on Saturday, how can they tune in and listen to it? They can go to bracknellbees.com. If you go on the homepage and just scroll down just a little bit, there's a Bees Radio Network player there. If you click on that, you will hear the dulcet tones of Mr. Graham Bell and myself on Saturday, offending your ears as we keep you up to date <laughs> with what's happening uh, live from the hive. I like that. Live from the hive. We haven't used that. We should really use that a little bit more. And of course, we really do appreciate all of you who are tuning into our weekly podcast. You're able to do so because you are a Patreon subscriber and you, we really do appreciate all support with the running costs. Uh, we still haven't got the cough buttons. We still haven't got the headsets. Uh, but Mark's got Mark's got a soundboard, though. So that's good news. <laughs> There we are. There it is. There's that scratch again. There's that off the off the list of things we need for the Bees Radio Network. But we really do, from the bottom of our hearts, really do appreciate your support. Um, it it really is appreciated. It gets us gets us going each and every week and weekend, knowing that you guys are loyally behind us. So, uh, really do appreciate it. It's a little bit shorter than usual this week, Mark. We haven't quite. We might have just broken the forty minute barrier. Oh, here he goes. Uh, Here he goes. All right. Obviously, we are doing radio coverage of the ice hockey every Saturday and every Sunday uh, when there are home games on Saturdays and Sundays. And I noticed on Twitter and on Instagram the other day the sharing of a cake delivered to the BBC TMS box. And I was thinking, here we are now, what, three months into the season? Have you had a cake yet delivered, Graham? No, I have not had any. Me neither. Ca- no, I've not so had you any are cake. coming this weekend. Uh, do you like chocolate cake, Graham? Chocolate cake. Any cake is fine by me. It's more you. I'm worried, I'm more worried see, about you with the cake, Mark. So See, I, I, I quite like a chocolate cake or I do like coffee cake, but I don't like yes. the nuts on it. So if you are thinking of baking at all this <laughs> it's week. It's particularly picky because uh, we've yes. never had a cake. You know, it is around particularly and going... picky, that, isn't it? Because, see, I don't want to be like, you know, Oh, thank you so much. Then picking off all the walnuts. So you may as well just be picky while you're being cheeky. Uh, But no, if you would like to drop off a cake, I do like chocolate or I do like coffee. Graham would like that too. But you can just imagine the commentary then though, can't you? You know, like to you. It's not going to go down well, is it? We'll have to save it for the intervals. Is picky while being cheeky also the bio on your Tinder account by any chance? Or is that just a different story? (laughs) Well, I'm just about to change it now, I think. (laughs) 
And I think on that moment, we better leave you all for this weekend. Mark, we'll see. Uh, Mark, pleasure as ever. You've lost your line now, haven't you? Shall I do it? Graham, pleasure as ever. Pleasure as ever, Mark. Thank you very much indeed. And to all of you listening, we'll be back with more next week and we'll be on the Bees Radio Network on Saturday. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself and goodbye. Bees Radio Network. BracknellBees.com.